It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Where in the draft could the Dallas Cowboys find some help at defensive tackle? All that more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are talking about some defensive tackles uh, in this year's class. And I got to say, if you want a defensive tackle after round one, it's not great. You you better be looking for a specific type. You know, like you better be uh, looking for guys that have pretty serious warts that you're going to develop. Um, or that you have a very serious plan for. I, I will say that you know, before we kind of dive into these guys specifically, um, you know, one of the benefits of having uh, someone like Dan Quinn as your defensive coordinator is that, you know, all these guys, even the tweener types, are very eligible for us because Dan Quinn can find a role for these guys to get in and be able to uh, uh, play at, at any number of techniques up and down the line. So, I, I I 100% agree with you that 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 the the, the pickings are slim uh, after day two, uh, but I would say for for the Cowboys that that they are probably better than most teams. Yes, uh, simply because they can use almost any of these body types somewhere on their defensive line, whereas other teams may have to be very specific about what type of defensive lineman they're drafting. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about three different guys that. We know the Cowboys have interest in, uh, and let's start, Landon, with a guy from LSU, uh, Jaqueline Roy. I want to make sure I get the name right. Jaqueline Roy, uh, he's a junior, decided to declare early. I think he's probably the highest rated of the three guys we're going to talk about today. What did you see when you turned on the tape? Well, I, I really feel like this is a guy who, uh, you know, he he is is the biggest of these guys, right? Yeah. He's definitely the kind of the truest uh uh, of defensive tackle of of this group. I mean, I, I would say he's you know kind of a tweener a little bit uh, between a, a nose tackle and look. We'll talk about Tyler Lacey and, and his kind of tweener status a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, this is a guy who is purely a defensive tackle who could be a either a nose, maybe give you some three technique. Six uh, two uh, three quarters three oh five. Uh, he's he's got kind of you know he's a short. St- very thick. I mean, he looks 
he looks like he's an overstuffed sausage. Yeah. <laughs> like he's he's I like it. he's he's shock it's shocking that he's only three hundred pounds when you look at him because he's so like just every part of him looks like it's bursting out of, of muscle or, or whatever it is. <laughs> uh he's got a longer torso and kind of short legs. So he's got like a kind of a center a lower center of gravity, naturally lower center of gravity. Um very powerful player. Uh, played a ton this year for LSU. I, I think that's the thing that, that kind of stuck out to me and and actually going and reading uh, 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 The Beast yesterday when it came out. Uh, this is something that, that Dane pointed out as well that I noticed that this guy consistently played 50-plus snaps. Yeah, like, a lot. It, you know, averaged 50-plus snaps this season as a defensive tackle and a nose tackle. That's a ton, man. That's it's too many, guys... to be honest. Well, I mean, but I mean, he was able to hold up. And the fact is that he was able to play that many snaps. Like, I think it shows good endurance well, for a guy that size. Look, compare that to, like, obviously he's not this player. But, like, Jordan Davis last year coming out of Georgia, yeah. I believe averaged 21 snaps a game. This guy was almost tripling that, uh, 51.9 snaps per game. I mean, even even Jalen Carter. Like, even yeah. all those Georgia guys, I mean, because they're so talented, they rotated those guys so much. They didn't play near. I mean, Jalen Carter maybe played as many snaps in his career as this guy played last year yeah. for LSU. I mean, that's how many truth. snaps he played. Uh, good, he has good lateral quickness. I thought for a man his size, he does not change direction well. Like he's not a guy who's going to bend any corners or anything. Did but you see did, his agility times? By the way. Oh, I mean, it's like they had a to use a, 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 sundial? a sundial. Yeah, basically. A, a 500 short shuttle yeah. and an 801 three cone. I, I knew it was an eight plus uh, a three cone. So, yeah, I mean, that shows you. I will say, though, despite that, like what he can do is he can he's not going to like stop and change directions. But what he can do is if he gets going one direction, he can like very suddenly ship tracks like and then suddenly be like, instead of going this direction, like slightly cha- alter the angle, which can like throw off offensive lineman's momentum at times. So that, that, that you'll see him kind of backdoor some blocks with surprising quickness for a guy, his size loves to uh, club swim. You'll see him yep. throw that almost all the time. Not explosive enough to be a full-time three technique. I don't think he, he no, I certainly he don't think he's a three. He, he can get surprisingly skinny through the holes for a guy, his size mm-hmm. to, uh, but he, you know, and that's why I think you see him kind of, there's some three technique aspects to him, but he just doesn't have the kind of explosiveness that you would want that guy playing there full time. Uh, he leaves his feet too often. That's ultimately my problem with him is that he negates his own best traits by, you know, he thinks he's a, a he thinks he's more of a finesse player than he is. He needs to like be a power player, set his feet and drive people back into the pocket, not try to be a, this dancing bear that he isn't. Uh, where does he win? I think he's a pinballing defensive tackle, nose tackle type. You just see him bouncing around constantly. He has pretty good injury. My unanswered question is, can you put 10 pounds of pure, pure muscle on this guy and lean him into nose tackle? Because that's where I feel like his skill set lies. Uh, I, I think he would be good as a kind of 315, 320-pound nose tackle who can give you a little bit of push. But yes. I, I don't really love him necessarily in the in the NFL playing a bunch of snacks snaps as a three technique yeah and and i don't love him as a nose tackle either because you can watch him take on double teams and he just doesn't hold up very well at the point of attack so where does that guy fit in on this defense right like if you're the cowboys you you need to either have a guy to get up the field and create pressure or you need the guy that can 
hold up against the double team. So where does he fit? I think I think like early on, like I, I think what you do is you you have to kind of just play him as your bottom of the of the uh, rotation defensive lineman. You 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 plug him in as a three technique. You plug him in as a nose. I mean, I, I just think you could play him at three technique. Just I wouldn't expect a bunch of uh, of pass rush. From no, that, and that's the, the thing. I said, I think he's going to be your three technique. I think like on early, early downs, downs. Yeah. to give you some run stopping ability. To be honest, it reminds me a lot of, uh, this is a better version of that, but you remember Harrison Phillips who was with Stanford yeah. and yeah. kind of bounced around the league, but that where not really a nose tackle or a one technique, but it kind of has the body of a three technique. But like Phillips, he plays really hard and he plays a lot. So that is valuable. Yeah, I, I think that's why you, this is a perfect kind of day three guy, right? Like he's good enough to play uh, and he's good enough to give you okay snaps. He's just not going to be someone that you're like dying to insert into the lineup. But if you're at the middle towards the end of the season, you've got your defensive tackles and you're trying to limit their snaps, their exposure. This is a good guy to throw out there to kind of eat up a yes. bunch of snaps and just give you decent high floor play. He probably won't screw things up for you. So that's the kind of guy that you're looking for here at this part of the draft. I, I will say I do like him better than some of the other LSU defensive tackles that have come out the last couple of years. I agree. Um, I agree. Last year was what Neil Farrell, who was a nose tackle that couldn't move. A couple of years ago it was Tyler Shelvin, Selvin, another nose yeah. tackle that couldn't mm-hmm. move. He's better than those guys. I just, yep. I'm not sure how much better. That's the only issue. Uh, let's talk about somebody else, another defensive tackle that just had a boatload of production at Bowling Green. Yeah. Let me get back. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there are no better plays to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up so you can place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Today's a great day to be a sports better. We've got NBA playoffs, obviously mm-hmm. baseball. We've got hockey going on right now. We're getting closer to the playoffs. There's some more golf tournaments coming up. Don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, the official betting partner of the Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, let's talk about Carl Brooks. Uh, Somebody who, man, he was he productive at Bowling Green. Just citing Dane Brugler's notes, uh, led Bowling Green in sacks. For five different seasons, which never really happens. But what was your take on the player when you put on the film? Uh, I, I felt like this guy is is. I was wondering how he got the Bowling Green. I, you know, he's physically he is looks so different than all the rest of their players. Yes. It's ridiculous. He's tall, 
thick athlete who is definitely built like a smaller defensive tackle than a defensive end. Uh, you know, the, the, the kind of funny thing about the conversation around this player is that it started out with him being kind of listed as a defensive end. And as the draft process has gone on, you've seen him listed as a tweener. And now finally it feels like more and more teams are coming around to the idea of him being a defensive tackle. Uh, I, I tend to think that that's his best spot, but he lined up all over for Bowling Green. I mean, he spent a ton, way too many snaps as far as I'm concerned, standing up on the outside, trying to rush the passer as, as I think it's just because he was far and away their best player. They had to find ways to kind of just move him around to exploit yep. uh, his skill set. Um, but I, I really feel like this is a guy who has a lot of physical traits um, you know, that are, that you, you like that, that he needs to kind of to focus on one position because even though he has some physical traits that you like, it's not like he is this, some unworldly athlete. Like, no, I he, think you know, he's a very average athlete. He's, he's a very average athlete, but I think, you know, he has the traits that you want if you could develop him at a one, at one position and become, have him become sort of a technician, you, you could see how, he could, you know, avail himself of being a very strong technical uh, 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 three technique, but his his skill set isn't there yet because he's kind of been spread out all over the field. Yes, uh, he, yes. he he he. You know, but you see it like he he gets too high off the snap. He 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 has this incredible body control and athleticism that you you see on tape, uh, but it, he doesn't have the technique to kind of really show that out. And you see that when he plays. Like I, I think I saw him versus. I think it was Ohio State, maybe. Like mm-hmm. he he played a couple of different. They played a couple of different Division One teams that are, are legit, and and you know we I watched some of those games, and when you see it against like that, those kind of Division One athletes, that kind of freelancing athleticism just doesn't work no, on those guys. No. Um, but but that doesn't mean that he didn't still get his own get his snaps. Yeah. Like he yeah. got some positive snaps. So there's something here with this guy. Um, but I, I, it is kind of a weird mixture because, like I said, he, he has some traits. They aren't very well developed. And he doesn't have like this kind of overwhelming athleticism that makes you feel like, you know, oh, I got to get this guy in and, and yeah. I got to try to develop him. So he's kind of this like neither nor situation. Well, on top of that, he's not like the, the size isn't great. 6'3", 296. no. no. 31 and a half inch hand. That's the arms. real problem, right? Like the yeah. 31 inch arms is that's where he really gets because he has explosive traits. I mean, I think, I mean, the, the testing numbers don't quite show what I think I, you see on film, right? Sure. Like you see a guy who can get off the ball. You see a guy who's explosive and strong, you know, I mean, he, he had an eight foot broad jump and it's seven, six, three, three cone. I, I mean, I tend to think that he plays a little bit more explosive than he tested, um, but even then, like I said, yeah. because of the short arms, it, it, it kind of limits him. You can't really, this isn't a guy that you necessarily could play outside and, and, and have him reduce like in, 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 in no, he's not going to be a base outside. end or anything like that. He's no. got to play on the inside. And then he's got to also kind of become more developed as a hand technician, yep. uh, in order to, to overcome his, his lack of length as, as a three technician. I just don't know where he fits in on this defensive line, right? And, and that's – I would have a problem spending any valuable pick on Carl Brooks, even though I like the production. The production is insane. It's just – is this guy – is he even active for you as a rookie? 
Like, is he even getting snaps in the rotation or is he somebody you're developing? And if that's the case, I kind of want to develop somebody with a little bit more physical tools and traits than Carl Brooks. It's not to say I hate the player, but he's just, I think he needs to probably be like a fifth or sixth round pick. Like that's probably where you take this guy, right? I honestly, like that's kind of where I, I view this guy day three. I, I would, I would not at all. Look, I mean, the normal path for this guy is uh, he catches on with the team. You know, he uh, uh, maybe he makes the team or plays a couple of years, gets released, kind of is, you know, just a body in the NFL that rotates. I think that there's also the chance that this guy gets completely overlooked by the NFL because of exactly what you just described, right? Where he's, you know, he's got a lot of developing that he needs to do and he's not the type of athlete that you usually invest in to develop, right? Yes. I could see a situation where he goes to a team is forgotten at the back end of the roster and then suddenly develops into a really good pass rusher because you're right. He doesn't have like the testing is not off the charts. The the arms are not short. The arms are short and that's a problem, but the kind of athleticism body control stuff that he does naturally that allowed him to play on the outside as a stand-up defensive end. That stuff is stuff you can't you can't necessarily teach. So he has that in spades. If he was able to get onto a team and develop a little bit, I I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up as a rotational starter for some team. Uh, I, I think that there is upside here, but I agree he kind of falls in between that spot of yeah, great production, but at a small school, and yeah, he's got some traits to develop, but he isn't quite the athlete. It's like a neither nor situation, right? Right. Yeah. So it feels like somebody who might have to bounce on and off practice squads on active rosters. And it's kind of always somewhere between like that 48th and 55th guy in your roster. But yeah. so I could see two years down the road, once he gets some NFL coaching, once he cleans up some of the technique, he gets a little bit more controlled in his rushes. Yeah. As you mentioned, like somebody who you feel very comfortable giving 21 snaps a game, you know, in a rotation. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's talk about another defensive lineman because, I, as we mentioned at the top, the depth of this defensive tackle class is not great. So what you might see, Landon, is teams trying to create defensive tackles. Okay. Let's talk about another guy uh, next. This episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM app. You've heard of all this talk about this game before. Uh, it's so much fun. I have, I've been playing it the last few weeks. It's absolutely incredible. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build an historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise. You're going to hire the right coaches and the coordinators, hopefully. You have to manage the finances. You have to negotiate players' salaries and terms. You'll have free agency, the draft. There's going to be player locker room issues that pop up, personnel issues, all in the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging but realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want to and when you want to. Locked on Cowboy listeners will get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all in caps, in the game store that is locked on all in caps. So make sure you check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, the last guy that we're going to talk about who the Cowboys have met with ahead of the 2023 NFL Draft is Tyler Lacey, a defensive lineman from Oklahoma State. What are your notes on him? Yeah, he's a really interesting player, and this is the kind of guy that it feels like the Cowboys, the type of player the Cowboys kind of will value maybe more than some of these other teams, right? He's yes. very oddly shaped person. <laughs> uh, he uh, stands at 6'4", 280-ish. I think he was 279. Uh, 283 at the pro day, yep. 283 at the pro day, okay. So uh, 33 and a quarter inch arms. He's got you know some decent length. Uh, uh, wingspan 78, uh, so under 79 inches. Uh, you know, not necessarily a, a fast player. He ran a five one five forty at two eighty, which is not great. Not great. Uh, Eleven inch hands, though. That's massive hands. Yes, absolutely massive hands. Uh, and and also, you know, pretty decent vertical jump. Broad jump was okay. Three cone was not great. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you kind of and 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 you know, look those athletic testing numbers. We use them often to kind of confirm, or you know, or 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 expose, or find out what more that, that we can get from tape. And you know, usually, like what you'd like to see is the testing kind of confirm what you see on tape. Mm-hmm. Like you see, I see a fast player; he runs a fast forty time. I see a guy who can change direction well; he runs a good 30, three cone and short shuttle. Uh, this is a guy whose his tape kind of matches what what the athleticism is. Uh, I see a guy physically is like a Michael Bennett starter kit. Right, he's strong, thick upper body with bird legs. Uh, he's got like thin, long, thin, and not to talk too much about another man's body, but he's kind of has that classic, you know, watch out, Saban, big butt that you want yeah. in those yeah. defensive linemen. But but from down from, from there, it's like it's like poles. It's like, it's like he's he's walking on on poles. So mm-hmm. uh, he engages early with his hands. He aims to get his hands into the, the OL's chest early. He's good with leverage when he when he gets his pad level right. Uh, he can he can really move folks and control the edge. Um, he's not nimble enough uh, as a pass rusher on the edge. So to me, like his body is you know he's was very miscast there at Oklahoma State as far as I'm concerned. He, uh, he can control the edge, but I don't want him bending on the edge. No, I, no. I, I mean he very clearly has that kind of uh, outside inside defensive line skill set, right? Yes. Where you like him on the outside to control the edge in the run game. But when it's time to rush the passer, get him inside, have him rushing over uh, in the B gap. Or get him off the field. Maybe. I, I mean, I think he could do some stuff as like a uh, a interior defensive lineman who's on twist, especially in our in our kind of system. I think he could be, be valuable here. And he is a good hand fighter. Like I will yeah, give you well, that. Like yes. he grabs wrists, he denies punches. Um, you know, and, and if anything, he he maybe does that too much. There's like a little bit too much of just him standing there and fighting with the guy when he should be kind of working on getting around him. Um, well, that's why I, I wonder, like, if, if he should be like a five technique in the NFL. Well, I I started to think that too, but you know what? I saw a couple of reps 
where he was playing on the goal line. And in those reps, like they were just asking him to fire off low and, and get off and, and destroy the guy who's in front of him. And those were some of the best reps I saw from him when he was mm-hmm. able to just penetrate, disrupt and, 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 you know, blow up plays by kind of creating uh, a friction in, in the, in the B gaps. That's where I felt like he actually showed me something. So I, I don't disagree with you in the idea that like, I think he, this guy easily could be drafted as a, as a five tech. I think teams that are, have uh, three fours uh, that even run base three fours at this point would be which interesting. Dallas sometime. Well, that's true. Which is Dallas. And, and Dallas. Well, I mean, Dallas definitely has a role for a five technique. I mean, that's yes, part of, yes. that's just part of the defense that they run, not necessarily a three, four, but a, a, a five, a five tech is part of, of what they get there. Yeah. Um, I think that this guy, you know, has some uh, ability to play in those kind of pure three, four offenses of I mean, defenses. But I do also think that you could, you could, he could be a guy at the bottom of your roster who you could throw in a whole bunch of different techniques. He could play three, he could play five, he could play seven if you need him to on early downs. Um, but I do think that, you know, he, he still has a ways to go as a pass rusher. I think, I, I think it, it, if you're going to use him in that situation, uh, you're mostly going to be using him inside, and I think mostly as the spike, mostly as a guy yes. who is destroying blockers as opposed to the person taking advantage of the destroyed blocks. He actually reminds me of somebody the Cowboys had. Oh, man, it's probably been four years now. Do you remember Jihad Ward when the Cowboys yeah. traded? I think it was yeah, Brian Switzer for Jihad Ward. Now, it didn't work out for Dallas, but Ward is still – I think he's on the Giants now and actually played pretty well last year. That's the yeah. type of player that I could see where probably not a starter, but somebody who is just – long plays with good leverage can fight your offensive tackles if you need them to fight it and can give you some pretty decent runs you know snaps if you need them there yeah he's a i mean jihad ward's a great example because if you remember jihad ward came into the league like as a 300 pound like you know nose tackle i mean or yeah. that or not nose tackle but a, a three technique like that was what where people were trying to figure out what to do with them they and, and they just like they 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 thought that there was talent there there's athleticism there they couldn't quite figure it out i'm pretty sure that he plays outside linebacker for the yeah he play, basically he pay, he plays sometimes like the seven technique pretty yeah. wide out for the giants but i could see him doing something similar to that in the nfl uh, and, and i guess yeah that's where i i am too with lacy is that it uh it, his fit may not be natural to what you're to what you see with his body type, but I think he has NFL football player traits. He he, like I said, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to play on his feet. He yes. knows how to use his hands. Those are all very valuable traits. I'd love to see a situation where he's uh, 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 asked to to play with his pad level low and get off the ball and, and just disrupt a little bit more. Um, but I do think that he can do, like you said, he could do some of the two gapping stuff if you needed to, he can yes. do that for a three, four team. So I liked, I liked him. Um, uh, but I also, I mean, this is definitely a day Another three guy. Or, yeah. It's a fifth or sixth round pick. It's just, it's so fascinating that the Cowboys have looked at three of these guys and they're all different, right? Yeah. Like they all look and play different. And it's one of these things where the further you get into this draft, man, I don't, you're going to have to find specific roles for like a Carl, you know, Brooks or a Roy or a Tyler Lacey, right? So I just struggle with this defensive line. Well, that's all. I, I listen, and and I think that I think what, what's happening here is that the Cowboys are trying to take advantage of that, right? Because like, I don't think you're alone, and I don't think you're alone at all in in kind of looking at these guys and going, 
I don't know how they necessarily fit. You know, I don't, I don't see a, a, yeah. a NFL wide role, especially for some of these guys. Like it's, it's a very specific fit. And for the Cowboys, they have so many different body types, pers- like uh, personnel fits that they can drop these bu- guys, buckets that these guys, they can drop these guys into that, you know, Tyler Lacey may be a, a, a very confusing uh, evaluation for some team that runs a three, four, that's very straightforward, or even a four, three, that's very straightforward for the Cowboys. They look at Tyler Lacey, like, Oh, he can come in. He can play five for us. We can re- reduce him down as a three tech. Like I, I really do feel like the Cowboys have gotten a lot better, especially at the defensive line of, of looking at what these players do well, as opposed right. to what they can't do and then fitting them into those buckets so that they're useful for the team overall. I agree. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see when the Cowboys decide to draft a defensive lineman because we know they will. Is it in the first round? Maybe Benton from Wisconsin interests them in the second or third round, or maybe they'll just wait and grab one of these guys and throw them in the rot- rotation. We shall see. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Lockdown NFL Scouting Show with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for listening to our show. Please check us out on YouTube. We post shows every single day over there. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.